Welcome to the Cabin Cast. Your getaway primer. Hi, Eric. Hello. Things are getting busier around the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Yeah, that's for sure. So where Eric and I live is a vacation land, vacation paradise. It's full of trails through the woods and lakes everywhere. So lots of opportunities for people to get out and do fun things. There's people that have been coming to our area for their families for generations to come up to the cabin. So it's this getaway for a lot of people from Chicago, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, and all over the country that come back to visit their spots. And the one thing it does for the locals, it supports our businesses, which we love and appreciate so much. It makes lines longer. Fills the roads up a little bit with, <laughs> with uh, rubberneckers. Yeah. I always want to say, if if you see me wave at you on the road and you're like, oh, that's Kristen from the Cabin Cast, then I probably thought you were one of my friends that drives the same car. The, yeah. Like, I'm waving at people and they're like, who's that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's lots more people. And it gets me thinking about the way people used to travel up to this area. They'd come on the train mm-hmm. or on the bus. And when I was out um, at some antique shops recently, I found some really fun old guides to resorts and it shows how different it was. One of the things that's interesting, if you find old, I mean, they're great things to have in your cabin to show people, you know, but you can see how many things are still there after years and years and years, or there's so many things like I found one from Monaco that are not there anymore, which is really interesting too. You get to see how it was, but there's a few things that I thought were kind of funny. I wanted to share with you and everybody else. So I found one, it's from Angler's Resort on the famous Turtle Flambeau Flowage in Mercer and Butternut, Wisconsin. And I'm not sure the date on it of when this one was printed, but one of the things is that the rate for the week was $65 a week for a one-bedroom cottage for two persons. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. So I'm thinking it wasn't last year. It was not last year, No. No. So and it does not reference Airbnb at all. On the, no, it does on the not. Brochure. It does not. It talks about their beer bar and other things, but it also one of the things that makes me laugh is how much they're trying. They don't have a website back then, right? You know, now they probably do, but they're they're trying to sell their resort in this one flyer, and that they have ultra modern housekeeping cottages. Oh, that's ultra modern. Just, so let's see what that means. Yeah, what does that mean? Clean. Well, hopefully, right? Yeah. Like the things they have to justify. Well, the- <laughs> and they don't have to worry about review sites either. So they could, you just show up there. It's going to be what it's going to be. Right? And, exactly. and really, it's like you can only say bad to only people you know. You know, yeah. now you can leave reviews that everyone will see. Right. Exactly. So these were clean, insulated cottages, fully equipped for modern living. Each cottage has private bath, including a flush toilet, tub or shower, and automatic electric hot water tank to ensure plenty of hot water at all times. And I do know lots of cabins are... Different levels of rustic and flushable yes. toilets. But this one you can flush. Hot, cold running water at the kitchen sink, electric refrigerators, electric ranges with ovens, broilers for fast, clean cooking and baking. All the cooking and baking utensils are a fine aluminum or stainless steel. Oh, as opposed to like terrible aluminum. Right. So did that catch you already? You're ready I'm to sign up for that one? Aluminum. Yeah. The oil space heaters with direct flow from outside tanks have added comfort and convenience. 
There's no getting up in the middle of the night to rebuild a fire or trying to start a fire with wet wood. So that's, that's convenient. Good. That is that's modern. Convenient. Beds are equipped with inner spring mattresses and box springs. The water comes from a drilled well in ledge rock, state tested, and is exceptionally clear and cold. So the water must have been something that people really wanted to know about. Yeah, worried. And I, th- I get that up here where if you just tap into the wrong line, it gets pretty skunky. Right. Yeah. So they're really trying to get you to come and spend your $65 a week there. So it's just funny to read the things. I know I still pass places on the highway now where it'll say cable TV. Yeah. Like, okay, we're past that now. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't need the cable anymore or color TV. Yeah. Do you just need Wi-Fi and like your kids <laughs> plug all their stuff into it anyway? Or you want to tell them there's none. Yeah. No TV. Right? There's no yeah. TV at this place. I, I, kids. Just, I saw a restaurant online that it was giving people discounts. You'd have to, if everyone in the family put their cell phones in a <gasps> cage, a really? little teeny cage on the table and you lock it, you get 15% off your, your meal at the restaurant. Wow. That is, that's really cool. I like that idea too. Yeah, I don't know. Or if you could just do like the that. thing where you're just like, kids, you don't have your phones at the dinner table. Right. And when we're eating, you don't play with your phones. Or my kids would maybe say, Dad, you can't have your phone at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's more like that. At our yeah. House. But I think that's a great idea. I probably told you before, too, you know, as we go off this topic a second, that one of Brian's ideas, my husband, is he's always said since our kids were little, would you please have a cut plate charge for children? Like oh, add yeah. a dollar on the kid menu if if the people at the restaurant cut it and bring it to the That's table. That's a great idea. The pancakes are cut, the yeah. steaks cut, whatever, so that we can eat when they do. Right. <laughs> that I'd make that mistake almost every time where I'm like, dinner's ready and they all come and sit down and then I look and I have like a steak or something. Yeah. Like, oh, never mind. I have to spend five minutes cutting exactly. everyone's food up into little pieces. And don't take your phones out while you wait. No. Yeah. Play tic-tac-toe with the... don't have phones yet, but I can see that being a problem. But I like the idea in the cage and the discount. So the picture they showed on it was of like the parents looking happy and the kids being grumpy. (laughs) And the parents like, hey, 15%, is 15%. Yeah, but every kid needs to, you know, build jelly towers and do, you know, tic-tac-toe with the utensils and the... Hopefully they're all aluminum. Yeah, all (laughs) fine aluminum. (laughs) And the sugars and creamers and things there's so many ways to be creative at the table without your phones so the last one i was going to share out of my pile is one from manitwish waters wisconsin where vacation days are happy days and i also don't know the date on this one but somebody can judge by the pictures in it and you also had to mail it in so this is pre you know websites and paypal internet booking and paypal so what you did when you got the brochure was you cut the back off and mailed it in with your address. And it says, yes, I would like to come to Manitwish Waters for a vacation. Please send me the 72-page booklet so I can select the resort that suits my needs. The name and address on the reverse side are correct. So this wonderful vacation book will reach me promptly. I wonder how they booked in. I'm assuming they still had phone. Is there a phone number on there? Well, this was just for the chamber. So then I think they would get the book. Then they'd pick the resort from the book. Oh, and then contact. And then the they'd resort. probably call the resort and, and book it. Okay, that makes sense. And I was laughing, too, in this brochure because when it's talking about the what the amenities are in the town, you will find in Manitoush Waters ambulance service, real estate brokers, a golf driving range, local phone service, bait and tackle shops, gifts and antique shops, fire and police protection, long-distance phone service, 
soda shops, taxidermists, riding stables. So there's a couple other things listed, but that's it's just perfect. like, yeah, you are collection. covered. You're going to be safe. You're going to be safe. You can get your things taxidermied before you leave. Yeah. You can ride a horse to the taxidermy studio and then pick up something at the soda shop Yeah, on the way back. So, yeah. So it's just fun to look back at how we always say how things change and what stays the same because the people kayaking and the people, you know, catching fish, doing those things that people love about the trips don't change. Just some of the conveniences do. So. Yeah. The Cabin Cast is brought to you by Roughing It in Style. On the Cabin Cast, we talk a lot about making memories. But what makes a home or getaway more likely to create those cherished times? The Interiors team at Roughing It in Style is here to help you find that perfect memory-making balance in your home. The balance between gathering and privacy, form and function, relaxation and entertaining. We have two showrooms stocked with furniture, decor, and lighting. Our up north store is in Harshaw, Wisconsin, 10 miles south of Minocqua, and our out west store sits on the doorstep of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. Find out more and plan your visit today at roughingitinstyle.com. I have this really great cabin book called Cabin Fever, and it's from the Vancouver Art Gallery. And from Valen, Greenville, and Rebeck, which is, I think, the publisher. And it's just kind of an interesting treatise on the, I guess you'd call it an obsession that America has with cabins and getaways. And they just took a whole bunch of essays and intermixed them with cabin photos and different poems and, and different things that make it really interesting on not only the history of cabins, but more so the history of our obsession with cabins mm-hmm. in North America mm-hmm. and how that visual, like envisioning a getaway can just even bring peace to yourself, but also that it's, it's a little more complicated, especially going away alone than kind of what you think it is in, in your vision when you actually go and do it. So the article that I pulled from here or the, the little essay was called The Terror and Tedium of Living Like Thoreau. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so Thoreau, famous from Walden Pond. Now, this is by Diana Saverin. And I'll read the first little paragraph here, and then I'll hand it to you to read kind of the last one and how kind of what the, she the gets women's to. Part. Yeah. Okay. So I, I first went to Alaska during a college summer, although the scale of the landscape often make me feel tiny and significant as a willow. It's beautiful. It's beauty and bigness also made its way into my life. Just living and walking and feeding on that land became a way to participate in its grandeur. So then she goes through and kind of describes the small cabin that she goes to. And by the end of it, I just want you to read the last article and kind of what she came to and where, where her head was at towards the end of this solo adventure. Okay. Awesome. And I just want to interject too, that, I was excited to see this book when Eric brought it in because my son was just on a trip with his grandma and grandpa. My parents take each of the grandkids to Washington, D.C. in their fifth grade year. His fifth grade year happened to be in quarantine, so he just got to go now. And then they bring back gifts for everybody in the family, and he picked this book out as my gift. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. So I was excited to read a little of it. A whole crew of our men have chased reality in cabins, tents, trailers, abandoned buses, Thoreau in Walden Pond, John Muir in the Sierras, Aldo Leopold in Sand County, Edward Abbey in the Utah Desert, Chris McCandless in Alaska, 
In my cabin, I read their stories, and the stories two of the few women like them, Annie Dillard, Gretchen Erdelich, Cheryl Strayed. I lined the windowsill of the little cabin with these books and looked at them as often as I did the landscape the window framed. The words urged me to get a sense for life before I got too comfortable in it. The writers told me to wake up, to see. As much as I loved the books, there were times when these stories made me question my own project. Was I living a cliché? walking a trail others had walked before me, giving this whole solitude thing a superficial and stereotyped trial. My friend Ray called me one afternoon from Sitka, a town in southeast Alaska. I didn't have electricity or water in the cabin, sure, but I did have a cell service with 3G, in fact. She was working as an environmental activist at the same organization where I'd met her the year before. She pressed me, what good are you doing for the world from there? Why do you want to be alone? It was selfish in some ways, I knew, but I justified it to myself in lofty terms. I was living out an old and familiar American ritual, enacting some secular rite of passage, awaiting some insight about the world we live in and this one life I've got to spend. But then I'd hang up and remember how, before arriving, I dreamed of the insights, of the days I'd spend watching woodchucks and waterbugs, of the wind sweeping me up in its warm embrace, and the whole world breathing into my ear alone, air full of secrets. Then I'd look around. It was still hot and buggy, windier some days than I could believe, and a lot of the time I was bored. I had no idea how to spend a day. Yeah, so it's just really interesting to me the idea of this, you know, perfect getaway in your head, and then you go up there, and the you know mosquitoes are bad, and there's bugs, and it's maybe muggy or not quite the right temperature. It's raining, but you're really you know, finding yourself and trying to get a deeper understanding of yourself when you do these getaways, I think to appreciate the world a little bit more Mm -hmm. instead of you're not even getting away from the world. You're, you're appreciating a different part of the world. And I think it's interesting that her friend calls her like, what good are you doing up there by yourself? And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think when you get away, it allows you to become a better citizen of the world and appreciate things you know, now if you go away and you're exiled, just disappear. Right. You know, that's kind of a different thing. But just to go and I think getaways and vacations and time spent, whether it's by yourself or with family, is a really important way to kind of recenter yourself. Yeah, I think it made me think of two things. One of them is one of the things I crave most is time to give myself headspace around something. So whether an idea or a dream or something I have in my head. When I'm bustling through the day, I don't always have time for that. So a getaway is a perfect time to actually go sit on the dock, take a walk in the woods, take time to actually think about something that's in your head. And I think that's that's so important. And we can work that into our everyday life, too. It's a great reminder, but a getaway is just a perfect way to do that. And I also think about appreciating where you live every day. And that's a lot easier for us where we are because it is that walk. Put our phone down when we're on the walk and listen to the sounds, look around us. We don't always have to be doing everything else, but give give quiet time to things and appreciate it by by taking a walk. I, I try to now put my phone down even in the car if Brian's driving, not when I'm driving. Yeah. Well, I, well, I always try to keep it down yeah. while I'm driving, but <laughs> even when I'm a passenger, I love to read and, and do things, but put it down and look out the window, like take time to just look and be. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- I think that cabins and even even a book dedicated to understanding the quote unquote cabin fever that, yeah. that people get into 
I still think when she says like, Oh, it's a cliche. I think there's a reason for most cliches because there's a lot of truth in them and the cliche of just the cabin getaway and, and recentering yourself is it's useful. It's a useful exercise. So yes. I think it's, but it's, it's a really great book and it definitely looks at things from a slightly different lens instead of just the obvious appreciation for cabins and kind of obsession with getaways and that perfect picture of the cabin all by itself with nothing else around, but that it actually dives into the psychology of it all. Yeah, that's great. And it's nice now too, that we don't just have to mail off for a 72 page book for what cabin and a town. You know, there's, we share often lots of places to get away. You know, when we talk to broken bow travel sisters and when we talk to cabin connoisseurs, we talk to lots of people that are part of the you know, cabin rental industry and the culture. So there's lots to find out here on the cabin cast and online. So. Yeah. That accessibility that people have now too. There's a new rental company that I was talking to called summer. I think it's called summer rentals. That's about to launch out in, out in the East coast in the New York area where they purchase cabins and then furnish them and then set up a, I guess it's almost like a timeshare is okay. what I gathered. It's about to launch in the beginning of June here, it's called summer rental. And it was just an interesting mindset. So instead of going to Airbnb, I think you actually buy into a timeshare and then can select from multiple cabins is my understanding, but it's just cool because it's accessible without necessarily having to be the owner and caretaker of the cabin, which is also a really nice way to do things, but it's just nice to have options. It is. Yeah, that's great. I'm excited to get more into that book. Hey, it's Kristen. I'm here to tell you about White Arrow's Home. White Arrow's Home is a lifestyle brand that shares a warm and cozy mix of design ideas, inspirational style, and personal journeys from the backdrop of the Wisconsin Northwoods and my lakeside log cabin home. I love sharing daily inspiration for you on my blog, through social media, and in my shop. At White Arrow's Home, you can shop in person in the store, but also online from anywhere. You'll find a mix of antique, vintage, and new furniture, accessories, and gifts carefully curated to fit our brand of classy cabin and cottage decor, campy style, and always a heavy sprinkling of plaids. New products come in the shop daily with decor that will let you bring Northwoods living into your own home and style spaces that are inviting, beautiful, and make family and friends want to linger longer. So one of the other things that I was thinking about was just, you know, your typical old fashioned, everybody has their favorite recipe. And I was thinking of like, what are some new takes on an old fashioned? We look at that. So I, I was looking up a newfangled fashioned, okay. which is kind of another way to say like an old fashioned with a twist. And some of the recipes are, are interesting and I, it made me kind of think about like, when does it not become an old fashioned anymore? But there's so many versions of an old fashioned kind of like Bloody Mary's, right? You can right. make them a million different ways. It's still the same thing. Yeah. When does it turn into a different drink or when, what can you keep calling old fashioned? So like, this is a recipe from the food network. It's called newfangled fashioned and it's the recipes made by Jeff Morrow. So this is two tablespoons of cracked peppercorns, which Whoa. seems like a ton of pe- cracked peppercorns yeah um and it says add the pepper to a small saucepan with maraschino cherry juice bring to a boil and reduce for two minutes remove from the heat strain and cool so you're making like pepper 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 cherry cherry juice two oranges cut in supremes with excess juice reserved eight ounces of good bourbon four maraschino cherries so it's like pepper flavored cherry syrup 
this is why we need chefs and, you know, bartenders that are creative and know how they're really chemists and how things work together. Yeah. And this sounds amazing. Yeah. Peppery. Yeah. But I would have never thought to put that together myself. Yeah. And just, you think, oh, that's a lot of pepper. But then if you're toasting the peppercorns in cherry juice, straining it and then putting it together, it sounds very interesting. Yeah. So that's one of them. And then this is a newfangled cocktail. This is a new classic take on the classic Negroni in old fashioned. The newfangled features a unique unaged botanical whiskey alongside Cochi Americano, frankincense, and electric bitters in a stunning cocktail. Oh my gosh. So this is uh Nicolean Cochi Americano. I don't know what half these things are. Cochi Americano, simple s- sugar syrup, frankincense bitters, and electric bitters. Wow. Stir thoroughly in the ice and strain over glass and garnish with a twist of lemon. So that's a newfangled too, and that seems... A little less like an old fashioned and more is just a completely different drink right, <laughs> entirely, yeah. but kind of, kind of interesting. And frankincense, I've only really heard in the Bible, so yes. I'm not sure it could be put right, in Right, like an fashioned. essential oil. That's a super old, old, old fashioned. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> when you're using frankincense and myrrh. Biblically, biblically old fashioned. Yeah, yeah. I imagine Jesus turned water into wine and had an occasional old fashioned right? as well. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Cool. That's interesting, though. That's great. That's going to be a great article to link up for everybody to see. And if somebody has a special old fashioned or new fashioned, let us know your recipe. We'll give it a try. We'll, we'll put ourselves up to the test. For sure. For yeah. sure. So my son Magnus, who's about to turn four has kind of this mini obsession with ding dong ditching. Okay. So he's where he knocks on the door. Far away from oh, you. <laughs> yeah. Knocks on the door or rings the doorbell and then takes off running. Does and he hides just do it at the your corner. house or like to the neighbors? Mostly it's at our house. Okay. I mean, we don't, our neighbors don't live too close by. So I, he does it, I think occasionally at, you know, if we're at my aunt and uncle's house or hanging out, he thinks it's a funny joke. But at his age, he really thinks you don't have any idea that it's him. Yeah. He thinks it's, and then you play along yeah. and do the whole thing. So, there's a, a band that I really like from Canada. They're from Ontario called Arkells, A-R-K-E-L-S. And they have an album called Campfire Chords that they took a lot of their most popular songs and then did them in an acoustic for kind of around the campfire. And right now, Magnus's favorite song is called Knocking at the Door, oh which goodness. he yells at the top of his lungs. Um, the pop version of the song is is really kind of a more powerful pop rock song. That's really great. And he likes to scream that, but they actually, it, it's a really good campfire song too. Um, so I just wanted to share this song because it was making me laugh. We were driving this morning and as I was taking him to, um, to daycare and he was singing, knocking at the door at the top of his lungs because he likes <laughs> ding dong ditching so much. Oh my gosh, so, this is great. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. All right. Here's Arkell's knocking at the door from campfire chords. The North Star got of me It's the fire burning inside of me No, I don't need a miracle I got something far more powerful And in this collective I've got a brand new perspective Some news that might break the tension Can't walk on water But I'm walking through an intersection All aboard I heard my brother say All aboard well, I get some parade, but that's me, that's me. I'm knocking at the door, I'm thirsty, thirsty for more, for more. 
you just picture him knocking at the door. Yeah, knocking at the door. I'm thirsty. He's also thirsty all the time. So it's kind of a perfect song for him. That's great. I love that. Yeah. And it's cool how kids take lyrics so literal, Mm -hmm. right? They're, they just, he's like, this is a song about knocking at the door. I think it was actually written about the women's March. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was what the, the uh, original song was written for back in, back in the day. So it's, uh, it's just funny how literal kids take things. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. So, well, that's uh, always fun catching up in the cabin chats yeah. and discovering things that we, we find, you know, definitely check us out on all our socials. And we love to hear if you guys have any music, any articles, books that you found, share with us, and we make sure we pass that stuff on to our listeners as well. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Cabin Cast. You can find details and more information in the show notes on our website at www.thecabincast.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you won't miss a single episode. Follow us on your favorite social media channels, You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Cabin Cast. We'd also love to hear from you. We want to hear your getaway and cabin stories. For a chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode, email us at getaway at thecabincast.com. Until next week, enjoy the journey.